Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Wow, there's a lot going on here. Good morning. Reverend Barry uh, gave us some really uh, good information about what's happening and Man, I needed to be reminded a few of those things. There is a, just a ton happening, and you know what? It's not all. There has been some great things happening uh, in and around our church. And last Wednesday, we had a fantastic prayer night. Uh, and if you missed it, I'm sorry about that. We might be planning some more in the future. But it was really just a, a great, great evening. And... I'm looking forward to something too this Tuesday. And and Barry didn't mention it. But this Tuesday, July 19th, at the Sterling Heights City Council meeting, they will be honoring our school, Parkway Christian School, because our varsity baseball team were the state champions this year. So... I know Julie, uh, Julie and I are planning on being at that meeting, 7.30 sharp it starts, and uh, I understand, you never know with the city council agenda, but I understand we're early on, so we won't have to be there too late, and if you have a uh, local cable connection to Sterling Heights, tune it in and check out uh, some of the honor that's going on for our school. It's a great thing. And I know some of you have noticed some of the signs and the decorations around the campus and on and in the building. And certainly it's already been mentioned about the conference that's going on here this weekend. Some of the rooms look different. They're very colorful and there's a lot of uh, signs. We cannot understand what the signs say. If you saw the ones that had the arrows, though, you probably figured out what they were saying. Uh, But we've had a wonderful Two nights here, just being the host, uh, the, the host venue really for Hope Church and this Live Free concert or conference. There have been nearly three thousand people here, Arabic language people, the past two nights, and they have been hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there have been upwards of eight hundred children too in our building. And there's yet another night to go. And I'm thrilled with it. We've been here the the first two nights, and we're going to be here tonight. Uh, and I just want to say to you, Bethesda, you have been a great church. All of you who have uh, been helping in any way, countless people have stopped me. And uh, we're just walking around with a little badge. They don't know who I am. And they say, hey, are you from this church? Yeah, I'm from this church. Wow, the people here at this church have been so nice to us. And these are the people that are just coming in to, to be a part of the conference, not the leaders. They said, this church is just welcoming us. You have made, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you who have been uh, lending a hand, whether you've been helping in the parking lots, whether you've been helping as an usher or in the hallways directing people. You have put such a warm and friendly face on Bethesda Christian Church. And thank you. Thank you. And I know it's who you are because you have the love of Jesus Christ in your heart. 
And uh, we've met some great new friends too. Uh, Julie and I have just been, uh, we've been out in the halls getting to know people as they come in. We've met some wonderful people. The first night, uh, Julie was walking through the hall and uh, there was a woman that just sort of captured her heart. She was sitting out on one of the benches and she looked as if she were crying. So uh, Julie stopped to try to speak to her, but she could not speak English. But you know what? The Lord can work through those types of problems. And Julie was able to at least d- discern this, this lady wanted some help. And she found someone to help interpret a little bit and discovered this this woman really wanted to be healed. She had come here. She was looking uh, to be healed. And she wanted prayer from one of the specific speakers who unfortunately could not make it because he had had a heart issue. And so he could not fly from Egypt. So she was a little disappointed. And uh, Julie said, well, we're pastors here. She came over and she snagged me and said to that lady, well, if you we happen to be the pastors here. Could we pray for you? And she had some issue with her eye. It was her eye just kept running, the one eye. And she said, yes, she would like. So we just prayed with this lady. And she was so thankful. I couldn't believe it. She grabbed my hand and she started kissing my hand after we prayed. But she took my wife by both cheeks. She grabbed her face and she gave her big kisses on both sides. And she was just overjoyed that uh, somebody was able to pray for her. So we are having a great time in the Lord. It has been wonderful to be here uh, these past couple days. And as this has been going on, there has been some chaos. There's been some chaos in the world. There has been some chaos in our country. You know, if you only spend time in the church, you might not know it. But if you look at the news in the world, there's violence. There's uh, protests in some of our major cities. People are upset. They're angry. There has been another terrorist attack in France. uh, I'm sure we all know that there was this attempted coup in Turkey. And, and of course, there was the uh, Istanbul airport attack uh, earlier. Chaotic, violence, trouble. What can we do? What are we doing? Are we afraid? And we've, we've even sung some songs today about, you know, God can take care of our fears. And, and that's what I would just say to you this morning. If any of that is frightening you, If you're afraid, you fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus said to his companions, his disciples, his closest friends, the night before he was going to be hung on a tree and crucified. You know, I wonder if you knew that, how how that might affect you and would you be frightened Jesus said to his friends, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid for the prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me. 
And let me tell you, if you're in Jesus Christ, the prince of the world, he's got no hold over you. You know what? There is no power in hell. There is uh, no one, nothing that can stand against the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. So we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be worried about what's going on in the world when we got Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only answer to this chaos. He's the only answer to the violence. Jesus is the only answer. He is the only way. And I'm going to have a couple of stories this this morning from people I met who, just unbelievable how uh, much fear I think I would have had if I were in their situation. But Jesus, but Jesus, they have Jesus It's Jesus Christ, and people must come to Christ. He is the answer. He is peace. He is the only way. He's the only way to be free from the prince of this world, to be free from uh, all this darkness. All, all must come to know Christ and to know Jesus Christ crucified. This is, uh, and resurrected, it's our primary purpose. It's why uh, this church was used to host this conference. Though we don't understand a word that they say when they're up here, they are preaching Jesus Christ. And they're presenting the gospel. All of us, all of us must come to know Christ and we must come to know him on a, a deep, deep level. We got, we, we've got to advance. And it's been our theme over the past few weeks. We are talking about knowing the word. And we're going to talk about living the word and spreading the word, but we've been focusing on knowing the word. The word, we began a couple weeks ago and talked about the word, the written word. It's the revealed word of God to us. God gave us his word that we can learn of him and we can gain knowledge of him. But there's more than just the revealed written word of God that we have. We have the incarnate word. We have Jesus Christ. He is the living word. Jesus Christ is God who came to earth. He came to earth. He took on human flesh. There is no eternal life in anyone except that person comes to know the only true God, Jesus Christ. We've talked about the revealed word using Psalm 119, verse 11. Hide that word in your heart. Hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against God. His word, his written word, his revealed word, it offers us guidance. It offers us uh, wisdom and protection. It gives us insight into the character of God. But we talk about also getting to know this living word, Jesus Christ. Last week, uh, Reverend Barry used a metaphor of the sheep and the shepherd. And he didn't know it, but we were tuning in and we were were checking you out. Uh, We we were camping with uh, with the collegiate age group last weekend, having a lot of fun, but we uh, also were able to get a Wi-Fi connection. And uh, so we tuned in to Reverend Barry and had a little church in the morning. And we saw how he used uh, this metaphor of the sheep and the shepherd, how the sheep know the shepherd's voice. 
And he had this great video of uh, a shepherd calling out to the sheep. And then all these sheep from a long way away just coming in and surrounding the shepherd. They discerned his voice. They understood his voice. But discerning the voice of our shepherd, that's not just an instantaneous thing. You know, children, as they grow, they get attuned more to their parents' voice. And uh, maybe early on they don't recognize it, but... You know, as life goes on, even in a crowd, I knew my dad's voice. I knew my mom's voice. I could hear them. I understood them, even in crowded areas. Discerning the voice of our shepherd, this is ongoing. It's continual. It's a process of growth and advancement. And I want to explore a little bit of that this morning, this idea of getting to know our Lord more understanding his voice more. And I want to begin with an Old Testament passage. It's really uh, the one passage I want to focus on this morning, and it's from the prophet Hosea. Hosea was a prophet in the nation of Israel after the nation had split. Israel had once been a united kingdom, uh, but after King Solomon, the nation split in two. There was civil unrest. There was trouble. There were people that... uh, didn't like the new king, and uh, the nation split to a north and to a south. There was a king in the north, and the north, when you read your Old Testament, is called Israel, typically. Its capital is in uh, Samaria, or that's where the capital was eventually developed. There was a couple of other cities that were somewhat interim capitals, but as years went on, Samaria was the capital. And as you read through your Old Testament, you read about Samaria, it's the capital of Israel, and you read about Israel, they're talking about the northern kingdom. But there was also the kingdom to the south, and a king in the south, and the south, southern kingdom was called Judah, and its capital was in Jerusalem. While Hosea was prophesying mainly to the north, he was prophesying to Israel in the north. And if you know the story of Hosea, he prophesied in very vivid ways to the nation of Israel. God called him to actually be a living metaphor. He had to do things uh, many men would be very uncomfortable with to present this idea of the unfaithfulness of the nation. God had asked him to marry an unfaithful woman, which he did. And he lived out this picture of unfaithfulness. But Hosea restored his wife. And that was a picture to the people too. If they would repent, if they would turn, if they would give up their unfaithfulness, God would restore them as well. So Hosea is prophesying judgment. He's prophesying the wrath of God is going to come on you people because you have been so unfaithful to your God, your God which saved you and he brought you out of the land of Egypt and he took care of you and you have been unfaithful to him. You've rejected him. You've turned your back on him. Hosea calls these people to repent. He gives a, a prophecy of judgment coming. But in Hosea chapter 6, as you open it up, it's really a call to repentance. The first three verses I want to present to you this morning with this call to the people to repent, to turn. So I'll read the first three verses of Hosea chapter 6. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. There's that call to repentance, turn, come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. 
Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Turn back, Hosea implores the people. You'll be refreshed. God will lift you up. If you return, God is going to be gracious to you. He is going to revive you. He's going to lift you up. There is an allusion here to even the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On the third day, you will live. And then Hosea says this. He says, let us know. And he adds to it. Let us press on to know the Lord. If you take home anything this morning, if you take home anything from this service, if you fall asleep immediately after I stop uh, talking in the next minute, take away this. Press on. Press on to know the Lord. Too often there is an emphasis on salvation only. And it's okay to lead people to Jesus Christ. It's okay to present the gospel. We definitely want that. We want people to get saved. But there is so much more to life in Jesus Christ than just an initial salvation experience. There's more than coming to an altar and yielding your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. We need to get to know who this Savior is of ours. It's not enough just to know Jesus Christ as the salvation Savior without pressing on, without pressing on to know him more, to know more of Jesus the Word, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, I'm not talking to you about an infirm person who comes to Jesus Christ on his deathbed. We certainly uh, understand that that person does not have the opportunity to press on, doesn't have the opportunity to know the Lord more. But he can still be saved. And that's a great thing. But I want to refer to us who have an opportunity. We're not hanging here by a thread, living our life thinking tomorrow we might be gone because of some sickness or ailment or illness. No, we have an opportunity to press on. To press on to know the Lord. I want to uh, give you an illustration of that beyond the salvation experience, to press on and know. Friday night, I met a young man named Abdu. And uh, I got his story. Abdu was born in uh, Saudi Arabia. He was raised as a Muslim. He said he went to school as a good Muslim and he was taught to hate Jews and he was taught to hate Christians. He looked me in the eyeball and he said, this is what ISIS is. This is what they teach people. To hate. And he said, I was taught to hate. I was taught to hate the Jews. I was taught to hate the Christians. Turned out that uh, Abdu was able to come here to the United States to study at a university. And when he came over, 18, 19 years old, he thought, I'm coming to a different land. I am going to win people to Islam. But in order to win people, He needed to know his Quran better. So he began to study the Quran so he could win converts to Islam. And he studied. He studied the Prophet Muhammad in Mecca. And he saw that, hey, the Prophet Muhammad seemed to be pretty peaceful in Mecca. And he he continued on and he studied. 
But he told me as he began to study the life of Muhammad and he saw that as Muhammad went from Mecca to Medina, that he became more violent. He took up uh, warriors and marauders and, and he began killing and he began to be violent. And this young man became troubled in his faith and he didn't understand. He couldn't reconcile this peace and he, with, with this hate. And he, he, he gave up. He was so troubled he just gave up his faith. He said, I became an atheist. But then a person come into his life. He said, I'm a man here, uh, perhaps 20 years older than him, just came into his life and began to mentor him. And he said, I didn't really know what this man's faith was initially, except that he loved, except that he was this example of love. And he wasn't pushy. He wasn't trying to force me into anything. He just seemed to be loving me. And then eventually started telling him about Jesus. And he told him about this Jesus who was God. A God who came to this earth and died for us. And Abdu said, no way. I cannot accept this. I cannot accept that God would die for, for us. It doesn't make any sense. Yet he continued to see that this man was genuine and that he was true. And so he thought, maybe I should consider this thing called Christianity. And he began to look into it. And one of the things that he said is he listened to things and he listened to Ravi Zacharias on uh, the internet. And he said he heard him say the biggest difference between Jesus Christ and the, ethic, the ethical and the, the moral teachers of this world who have def- deified man is that these moralists came to make bad people good. But Jesus Christ came to make dead people live. And so this this hit this kid in the heart. And he said, Jesus came to make dead people live. And he began to actually dig into some of the scriptures. And as he looked into scriptures, he found there is this Jesus that loves. And there is this Jesus that came to the earth and he believed it. And then he believed this plan. He, he saw that God came to earth and he looked at me and he said, God came to earth and he understands human pain and human suffering. And I said, Abdu, you got it. You know, and he said, I did. He said, I did get it. And he said, uh, one night I just kneeled down and I looked up. I, he didn't even doesn't even really have too much about who Jesus is, but he said, Jesus, I need you and I want you and, I, and please uh, help me with my life and come into my life. And he said it was four o'clock in the morning and he, he texted his friend anyway. He said, I texted my friend anyway. I didn't care. It was four o'clock in the morning. And I told him, I saw the light. I saw the light. He was uh, maybe about 19 years old or so. But he's not 19 anymore. That was a few years back. And it didn't end there. It did not end with his salvation experience. Come to know Jesus Christ doesn't end there that you say, okay, I know and I see the light. No, Abdu had to press on. He had to press on to getting to know Jesus more. And he understood that Jesus understands the pain of human suffering. And this young man who was born and raised a Muslim in Saudi Arabia, you know what happened? His family decided, we don't like Christians. 
we're not talking to you anymore. And he said he lost his family. So I'm looking at this young man. That's a lot of pain and suffering none of us can really understand. But he pressed on. He pressed on. He stayed with Jesus. He wanted to get to know Jesus more. He got himself into a church where he could learn and he could grow more in Jesus and follow him. And he says, you know, my mom, she's the only one that still talks to me. And she says, come back. Come back to Islam. That's, that's what her cry is to him. But he says, I can't do it. I can't do it. He's pressing on. And I want to say, are you pressing on? Are we pressing on? Are we pressing on to know him more? We might get faced with something like that. And are we going to hang on? Are we going to cling to Jesus? Are we going to know Jesus more? Are we going to know him in a deeper and more intimate way? He is calling us. We sung this morning. He's calling us deeper still. I know that my faith has been tested in much lesser ways than this young man's faith has been tested in the very early walk that he's having with Jesus Christ. And yet I know in my tests I've stumbled. In my tests, I haven't stayed as sure as I should have been. I wasn't pressing on as I should. And it shames me. It shames me when I hear these testimonies of people who have had such trials and tribulations God help me. God help me to know that you are true. God help me to know that I would stand with you if I had to suffer that way. And Abdu found the truth. He found the truth and he wanted to know more and more. And that's why he was here at this conference. The truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is the Son sent of the Father. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. To know Jesus is to know the truth. To know the truth is to know the word of God, Christ, the eternal living word of God is truth. He is the immediate revealer of the Father's will by the eternal and the Holy Spirit. He is, and he ever has been, and he ever will be, the word of God throughout all the ages. And that word is Jesus. John the Apostle, he opened up his gospel saying, in him was life and the life was the light of mankind. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of the world. He is the light that this young man saw. Let us know that word. Let us know that light. Let us press on into the light and out of this darkness. The psalmist of Psalm 119, which we began this series with a few weeks ago, he says the word is light. It is a lamp unto his feet and it is a light to his path. Uh, Yet in this time that we live in, it seems that the darkness is pressing in, that the evil is advancing. I mean, we have Nice, France, we have Istanbul, we have Orlando, we have San Bernardino. But when sin is increased, grace abounds all the more. The light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, the apostle said. And when the light shines in the darkness, what? The darkness cannot overcome it. When I turn on my flashlight, it doesn't matter how big it is, how, how small it is. I had this little flashlight on my keychain when we were camping. So little, I don't even have it now. You know, pitch dark. And I turn on that little light, and it's as if the whole world lit up. 
the darkness could not overtake it. And all the more, all the more, as we press on to know the word, the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light that we have inside of us, the light that we share with others, the light that we put out into the world. The darkness cannot overcome the light of the word from us. I met another man here at this conference. His name was Kusei. Kusei grew up in Iraq. He was a Christian, grew up in a Christian house. He said he, uh, when he grew up, Saddam Hussein was in power. And he told me that Saddam Hussein was actually pretty tolerant of the Christians. He said, we had it pretty good in Iraq when Saddam Hussein was in power. As a matter of fact, he said, you know that all the people on Saddam Hussein's food crew, all of them, were Christians. He didn't trust the Muslims. (laughs) He wanted the Christians to take care of the food. It reminded me of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the pagan king. Why did the king have someone who was a foreigner, uh, you know, and not of the same faith, uh, preparing his, uh, his cup for him, making sure there was no poison in it? And the same thing. I said, wow, really? He said, yeah, Saddam, Saddam Hussein, he, said, he had all, all the Christians were on his uh, food uh, team. And he said, but after, after Saddam Hussein fell, he said, things got tougher in Iraq for the Christians. And he said... Uh, he faced death because he was a Christian and he would not, he would not. There was no way he was going to deny Jesus. He said, I love Jesus. If he said anything to me, he said it over and over again. I love Jesus. I love him. And he said, not one, not two, but three times he faced guns. People coming in, killing other people. And I said, Kusei, what'd you do? And he said, I just said, Jesus. I just said Jesus. I called on Jesus. He said one time he went home uh, after a day where, where he was working and he told his wife, I almost got killed today. But Jesus, but Jesus, smiling the whole time. He had this ear to ear smile on his face. And he said, he said this to me as genuinely I think as any, any person has said it, he wasn't trying to brag. He was not big-headed. He was not trying to boast. He said, when I faced death, I was not afraid. I was not afraid. I know Jesus. I love him. And again, I'm humbled. I am humbled to hear such a story. Facing death, yet holding on. Holding on. He knows Jesus deeply. He knows Jesus intimately. He knows Jesus is the Lord of his life. Facing guns. I know him. I love him. So I have to ask myself, do I know him that deeply? Jesus, do I know you that deeply? Lord, do I know you? Or do I need to press into you more? Press on to know you more Could I say that I wouldn't fear even facing death? I pray, I pray, Lord, don't test me in such a way. But I don't want to be complacent. 
I do not want to be complacent. I want to press on. I want to press on. I need to know Jesus more. I need to know the word more. I need to know Jesus Christ in me as the hope of glory. And I hope all of you feel the same way. That you need to press on. That you need to know him more. In Revelation chapter 19, we read, The name by which he is called is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is light and life. Jesus is the way and the truth. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God by whom all the world was made. And in Jesus is salvation. In Jesus is salvation. Experienced from darkness to light. From, from error to truth, from sin to holiness, and from the power of Satan to the omnipotence of the risen Christ. But we need to know him. We need to know him. Do you know him this morning? Do you know him this morning? Have you ever come to Christ? We heard a word this morning that says he is peace. Do you know Jesus Christ as your peace? If you've never yielded your life to Jesus Christ, you can be like Abdu was and say, you know what, Lord, I I need you. I need you. He is the only way, Jesus Christ. He is the only truth for eternal life. Are you pressing in to know him more? If you know him, if you've been saved, if you have given your life to Christ, have you been pressing on? Have you been pressing on to know him more? I mean, we have all this craziness going on in the world. But can you say you would stand firm, unafraid, in the face of even death and say, I know you, I know you, Jesus, and I love you with a smile on your face. I want you to, I want you to think about that. And, and, and if you would just stand to your feet this morning as, uh, as we bring our service to a close. But I want to say, if you don't know him, in the way that he would be the savior of your life. You don't have to leave this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you or tell you to uh, raise your hand or close your eyes. No, but if you want to yield your life to Christ, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. We can, we can pray that if you would be like, like those folks that Hosea talked to, to turn, to turn, turn from the world, turn from the darkness, turn from the sin, and come into light, and come into life, you can repent and turn and give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And he will save you. And he can be your peace. And he will give you eternal life. There is no eternal life in any of us without him. But I also want to say, if you have done that, but you haven't been pressing on, if you need some strength to press on some more, down here and we'll pray with you. We have people who will pray with you. They'll help pray that God would strengthen you, that you could press on to know him more. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I can't promise you that it's going to be great and wonderful. I can't, you know, in Turkey one day, the streets were open. The next day, tanks are rolling down the streets. Bridges are blocked off. Who are you going to cling to? Do you know him? Do you know him that much? Or do you need to press on more? If you need to press on, take the time this morning just to talk to him. And we'll pray with you for strength. Thank you, Jesus.
Pray with me for all these at the altars. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. Lord, we need to press on to know you. And God, I just pray for those who've stepped forward, if they've come to know you as Lord and Savior for the very first time, that you would bless them, that you would help them to continue the walk with you, that they would continue to press on to know you, God, and those who have come for strength, for help to do just that. God, pour into them. God, thank you for their humility to come forward. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Help them to press on to know you, Jesus. You are good to us, and we thank you. And Lord, now as we, as we bring this meeting to a close, we just pray your blessing on everyone in this room. Lord, every single family represented. Lord, may you just make a way to help each one, to strengthen them, to know you more, to know your goodness and your grace, your love. Lord, that every single person, if called on one day, can say, I know you. I know you and I'm not afraid. I have peace because I know you and I love you. Thank you, God. Thank you. And we just pray that great blessing on everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.